But people might have an arcade machine, yeah. Oh my god. This definitely should be a thing. It would could yeah. become like yeah. a social area. People would love awesome. to come to your laundromat. You do like folding and shit like that if people need that. Yeah, uh, a, a special extra well, have you seen on Dufferin there is a, uh, they call it, uh, it's a latte, lang- cafe laundromat. And it's yeah. like a laundromat and they have like a little uh, latte bar. By the way, it's Death by Video! I'm Phil. I'm Kit. I'm Lil. And I'm always Graham saying welcome back to Death by Video. Are you always Graham? I'm always Graham. Okay. There's a movie that you never seen. The map is some ninjas or a crazy death machine. There'll be smiles, there'll be tears. You won't watch a movie for about eight billion years. It's time for death by video. Time for death by video. And now, the show will begin. I am very pleased tonight because we were able to, we finally tracked down a copy of Monster Dog, the 1984 Alice Cooper starring uh, film from Italy. That was they, touch and go there for a while. How, yeah. did you, how did you track down a copy? It popped up on Tubi TV, which is the wonderful free streaming service that you can get internationally, Canada or the USA. Uh, I was really hoping for like a gritty back alley story here, Graham, so that's disappointing. What, I had to dumpster dive to find an old VHS? No, just like go to one of those guys that sell punk. VHS, you know, like the, the VHS seller next to uh, the... Bathurst subway station. He's not there anymore, unfortunately. No, he's gone. That's well, true. Well, they they just had mostly copies of Mission Impossible and uh, Rush Hour Two. <laughs> Are those the Honest Ed's uh, VHS copies of Rush Hour Two that they were rescued from the dumpster? Probably, yeah. And it's one little like disc, like really flat, and it that is funny. When I worked at Blockbuster, yeah. I did notice this. Rush Hour Two is far more ubiquitous than Rush Hour One. Yeah, it was or Rush Hour Three for that matter. Yeah, yeah. Well, no one liked Rush Hour. 3. I'm guessing what's, it was a guaranteed ubiquitous? rental. What, uh, what yeah, does that, that mean? one time. It was yeah. Um, ever present, I guess. Always around. Uh, yeah. Available. The, really, yes. really uh, available. Like yeah. all over the place. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I didn't um, know that term. So in the film, uh, word of the day. Uh, what's what's that film called? Adjust your tracking, which is or don't adjust your tracking. It's a documentary about VHS culture, uh, which is streaming for free actually on ShoutFactoryTV.com, which I highly recommend. It's also on TubiTV.com. One of my favorite documentaries. They have a story about. Is um, it better than rewind this? I think it is. Okay. Like, it's much more interesting. They talk about, like, the downfalls of being a VHS collector because it's like, you go to this old video store that's closing down and they only have VHS tapes in the back and you get there and it reeks and it smells and, like, you find this tape and it feels like it's been sitting in the corner of a crust punk venue for 20 years with crust punks just pissing on it every <laughs> night. And then just before you showed up, some dirty crust punk rubbed it all over his beard just for you. And you found it and you're like, oh, this is the tape I'm looking for. And it's the squeeze starring Michael Keaton. Yeah. Or, or you know, it's Tales from the Quad Dead Zone or 555 <laughs> or um, Devil Doll from Black Devil Doll from Hell. Sorry, not Devil Doll from Hell. There's, there's different ones. So, guys. The film we're watching tonight, Monster Dog, starring Alice Cooper, directed by Claudio Fragazzo. I'm going to pipe in some Italian music. It's me, Claudio. I'm going to hand this over to Lillian now, and she's going to uh, lead us through it. This is her pick. Here you go. Well, um, because Kid asked oh, she's how, got how uh, you got your hands on this, I was just going to pipe in with um, the fact that it was released on Blu-ray, March 2016. Really? Yeah. I haven't, I haven't been able to find a copy. 
Um, but before, but and they say that it's like um, um, the, the the DVD that was released in 2005. It's basically just a copy of. It's like a VHS. It's like a VHS rip, essentially. Like it's an yeah, unwatched. It's almost like bootleg uh, quality. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, this film, I saw it, uh, I saw it a while back, I streamed it, and, uh, I think you guys are in for a treat. It's, uh, it's like a little, a monster dog. What do we think it's gonna be about, right? Is it a big red dog named Clifford? <laughs> <laughs> but with really what big a teeth. Feature. <laughs> Is it about a charming cat? Well... Uh, it's about a band, uh, Vince, uh, I think his name is Vince in this, That's which is name. Alice yeah. Cooper's yeah, real Vince name. Yeah, Vince Fournier, right? Yeah, like yeah, so he is a uh, musician and he wants to shoot, he wants to go back to his old family home to shoot this awesome music video that he's going to do, and shit goes down. There's rabid dogs plaguing the area and um, yeah it's like really atmospheric and like smoky and dogs and all this stuff and it's it's gonna be I hope you guys enjoy it um, the thing I should add that the only it's been dubbed so you don't even like everybody in the movie has been dubbed over and um, the only time you'll hear Alice Cooper's real voice is during the songs. There's two songs. Well, that's that's common for for most Italian cinema up until the 1990s. Like they would record it silent to save money, and then they would just have everyone speak in the natural language that they actually spoke. So if you, a lot of times there were co-productions between France, Italy, Germany, America, and so Americans would speak English, the Italians would speak Italian, Germans would speak German, French would speak French, and then they would dub it over into English after the fact. Although, it is odd. Normally when they bring on an American star to sell the film, they would have the actual American actor dub his own voice, like Clint Eastwood or John Saxton or any of the guys in Dario Argento's films. So it's odd that Alice Cooper didn't. I'm guessing it was a budgetary thing because Claudio Fragazzo is known for his lack of money. Well, uh, there, there, I did find a quote where Alice said he wanted to do... He had just gotten out of rehab and uh, he was approached to do this movie and it was super low budget and he said I'm I'm yeah I wanted to do something like that like something really like low budget something really like cheap and sleazy uh, horror flick um, and this was kind of perfect and it, he said it was a lot of fun and uh, most of the budget went to him they really wanted to have him in it and uh, that's where all the money went practically <laughs> I'm not surprised. I think Alice Cooper is going through a career slump around this time because I guess because he got so deep in alcohol, like his career crashed. And he went to rehab and he yeah, didn't come and back this was like the late eighties. I think this was um, so. This was filmed in uh, in the spring of eighty four in Spain, and it was released in December in Italy, um, and only released in USA in eighty six, and it went direct to video. <laughs> and that was kind of they already knew that that's what was going to happen, and that's awesome. Um, he, yeah, around that time, he had just gotten out of rehab, and I think in the early 80s, he popped out, like, three albums, and he has no recollection of, yeah. of doing those, and that just boggles my mind still, but, <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I think I, was, I think I listened to, like, a Behind the Music, where, like, he said that exact thing, so that's yeah. not what I remember. Yeah. Anyway, um... 
yeah, Claudio Fragasso. Maybe Graham has some info about him, but I know he's collaborated a lot with uh, um, a famous Italian director, Bruno Mattei. Bruno Mattei, yes. <laughs> Graham is getting super excited while you're saying these names. So that's kind of where he's gotten, that's what he's mainly known for, collaborations with this great director. Oh, he's not, he is not great. <laughs> Notorious, I should say. Yeah, he, uh, yeah uh, Bruno Mattei is famous for like ripping off other movies. One of the movies they collaborated, to, collaborated together was Shocking Dark, a.k.a. Terminator 2. Um, which was released in Italy after Terminator, the James Cameron Terminator came out. And it's literally, they got the script for Aliens before Aliens got released, and they just did it, but set in a power plant, and then they go back in time at the end. It's set in the future, they go back in time, and one of the guys it turns out to be like an android, and then he becomes the Terminator for the last five minutes of the movie, and that's how you get Terminator 2. And and um, the best thing also, like way, way back on like episode two or three of this ep- podcast, we watched uh, Zombie 3, which was a... It was episode two. Co-production between, episode two, thank you, Phil, between Bruno Mattai was producing and so was Claudio Fragazzo and Lucio Fulci was directing and Lucio Fulci fell ill during it and so he had to go back. So Bruno Mattai finished the film and added in all of his normal shittiness. So <laughs> so for for instance, one of the last characters, main characters to die in Zombie 3 dies exactly like Willem Dafoe does in Platoon. If you watch the movie... It's the same thing. Like, there's a helicopter. He th- he's like, wait, wait, I'm coming. And then someone shoots them, shoots him. And then he throws his arms back in like in slow motion in anguish. And then zombies eat him. Um, but I've got I've got a lot more notes about their their work together. But uh, we'll continue with your notes about the film. Um, I don't have much more yeah. to be honest. Um, but uh, yeah, he's he's Bruno is known for his um, exploitation films and. Yeah, I, I guess it was very popular at that time to to do this type of thing, mm-hmm. rip stuff off and just kind of. Yeah. It's cheap and it's see like see where a, you can go with it. Saying that they rip stuff off is charitable. They just stole, <laughs> like they just they just redid it uh, infamously. So another collaboration they did was a movie called Hell of the Living Dead, aka Night of the Zombies, which um, Bruno Mattai directed under. So. Uh, Claudio Fergazzo directed Monster Dog under the name of Clyde something or other. Like, uh, he did a pseudonym. Because- oh, and it's his uh, directorial debut. Yeah, because yeah, after that, that's when he went out and wanted to do more directing. But uh, Bruno Mattai regularly directed under the, under the name of Vincent Don. And Hell of the Living Dead is literally a shitty George Romero knockoff using the soundtrack from Dawn of the Dead. It's And I'm not, I'm not saying, like, they licensed it. They just ripped it off and used it again. And it's constant throughout, and it's just a garbage movie. I have not made it through it. I've rented it on VHS under the title Night of the Zombies, rented it on DVD under the title Hell of the Living Dead, never been able to finish it. Yeah, this is going to be this is gonna be fun. And, uh, I'm excited. Yeah, it's just one of those things that Alice did. <laughs> All right, thank you so much, Lillian. That was actually, okay, out of everybody that's done one of these in our other host shoes, Lil had, Lil had the most enthusiasm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was. Are you saying I lack enthusiasm for Clifford? No, no, you don't. But Lil's is infectious, whereas yours is weary. Um, oh. No, weary for me. Oh, I, just, I wasn't coming in with a lot, so I guess I had to fluff it up a bit. Yeah. Plus, uh, plus, it should be pointed out that Lillian is a huge Alice Cooper fan. Yes. Um, she took me to an Alice Cooper tribute show on Halloween a few years ago, which was amazing. If those guys are ever playing again, I do want to go see them again because they put on such a great show. Like, they did the whole head getting chopped off. Uh, he was a really good Alice Cooper. In, uh, it was called Eyes of Alice, I believe. Eyes of Alice Cooper, yeah. And uh, I'm 
I kind of follow them a bit. I've kind of lost track of what they're doing, but I think they've had some some issues, maybe some sad things going on, uh, personal issues or family issues. So they've kind of stepped back a little bit, but uh, yeah, they put on a great show. They were amazing. Um, I've got some notes on the director, Claudio Fragazzo. Um, he was initially best known for his, as Lillian pointed out, his collaborations with Bruno Mattei. Or Mattei. Um, he wrote Bruno Mattei's Hell of the Living Dead, uh, like I said earlier, as well as Shocking Dark, aka Terminator 2, Women's Prison Massacre, Strike Commando, and Rats, Night of Terror. Um, he contributed additional writing and directing, like we said, to Death by Video Favorite Zombie 3. Um, as a director, he's known for directing Monster Dog, Zombie 4, which was... It's so confusing with the zombie movies, because there's Zombie 3, Zombie 4... So there's no Zombie 2. <laughs> and technically, Zombie 2 is Zombie 1. Okay, that's but, what I was going to ask. But then, Zombie 1 is technically Dawn of the Dead, but it's not. Anyways, it's confusing. It's Italian. Uh, Monster Hawk, he did Beyond Darkness, a.k.a. Evil Dead 5. And he uh, did probably his most notable work, Troll 2. Hey! Which features no trolls. <laughs> I've never seen trolls. Goblins. Me neither, yeah. You've never seen Troll uh, 2? Somehow I've never seen Troll 2. We're not watching it on the podcast. Why not? Maybe we will. Maybe that'll be episode 100. We'll see. Okay. Um, I just love because I watched that documentary, Best Worst Movie, which is about the hit Troll 2 and its impact on culture and how it had a resurgence. And in it, he comes to America to go to a screening. And even though everyone's like, oh, it's become a cult camp classic. Like, everyone thinks it's hilarious. In his head, he thinks people are like understanding the genius of his work in it <laughs> and so as he's going to a screening he's saying like you know it's kind of like i guess people now like are just you know understand how it kind of laid the groundwork for works like lord of the rings and harry potter and the director is just like huh? um and then he goes to a screening of the film and everyone's laughing and then he gets up after the screening and like berates the audience like why did you laugh this isn't funny this isn't a comedy this is a fantasy film Excellent. Yeah, so it was uh, it was a whole lot of awkwardness. Did you like Tommy Wiseau the whole thing? Well, Tommy Wiseau embraced it, but... Yeah. No, I don't know why I thought of Tommy, but I, I remembered when, I guess... What's that other one? Artist? The Disaster Artist. Disaster Artist. I remember they showed the screening at the end, and then he's surprised that everybody's enjoying it, or he's like... But enjoying it differently than he assumed. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was, yeah. They were yeah, well, laughing, and... He's like, what? What's going on here? <laughs> That's a great Tommy Wiseau impression. Yeah. yeah, he changed courses like, oh, I always meant to be a dark comedy. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Which is oddly enough, that's the story of, have has anyone seen, uh, here seen, The Making of And God Spoke, which is a mockumentary from the early 90s? That's the one with Julia Sweeney? I can't remember. I don't okay. remember. But anyways, it's a, it's the mockumentary of the making of this. these two hacky, schlocky B-movie guys, a producer and director, team up to adapt the Bible. And it's their big budget, like, launch. And they just screw it up royally to the point where, like, they lose their budget and they have to finish it quickly. So they cut they cut out Jesus. Um, <laughs> like, As you do. Yeah, As they're like, yeah. what, can, what can we cut? What's a big part of the Bible that we can cut out that's expensive? And the producer's like, Noah's Ark, yeah. Jesus. No, Noah's Ark is in it. But the funny thing is, in it, they actually, like, build... They make it five commandments, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The budget commandments. The funny thing is, um, Jesus is briefly in the movie, but they they can't remember how many disciples he had because not <laughs> none of them are Catholic. And then like one of the like one of the groups is Catholic, and like like because like they're watching the disciples get into the boat to see Jesus walk on water, and they're like, wait a second, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Does that sound right to you guys? Eight disciples. 
I think it's 10, right? It's 10, guys. Could it be 12? No. Hey, no. hey, Bob, you're Catholic, right? Yeah. 10 disciples, that sounds right, right? Yeah, 10. So they, they have to get two PAs to like put on bathrobes to be the other two disciples? Of course it was 12. Um, <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah, but um, it's such a funny movie. And at the end of the movie, the movie becomes a hit, like The, like the Room, and they claim they always intended it to be a, a comedy, and it was not. It's like it's interesting how that predicted the whole room phenomenon, like almost twenty years before, no, ten years before it happened. By the way, I'm a huge fan. Go find the making of Anne God Spoke. It is so funny. Um, so, guys, uh, we're about to watch the movie, but before we do, I have, has anyone seen anything interesting since we last recorded? Um, I wanted to just just from what you said just now about something not intending to be a comedy, but uh, I watched Hereditary. Yeah. And I don't know, like, uh, yeah, it was good. It was good. I liked it. Um, uh, I, I, I was like, are, are they sure this is a comedy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It was hilarious. Right? It was really funny. There were funny moments, yeah. yeah but, but then there were also I really... Knew it wasn't. I knew it wasn't. That was just a little, like, I think I said that twice in the movie. I can't remember at what points, but on Graham, every time Gabriel Byrne was on and like just going, what the f***? I remembered you. That's his entire that point of being in that movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was funny. It was good. Oh my god. Okay. You guys liked it, right? I don't remember. I, I did not. Guys. That was I, my worst movie of last year. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I liked it. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was I decent. liked it except for the ending. I thought they didn't earn the ending. I liked the ending. Fine. Ending. Have you seen The Witch? No, I haven't. So. Yeah, you'd be like, oh, you just did that. You want? Yeah, they was just like. So you didn't know how to end of the movie, so you guys watched The Witch and just did that. I have to watch The Witch again uh, because I, I'm, I'm drawing a few blanks. I don't think I finished it like in, in its entirety. It's uh, it's it's created a new fear for me. I I now like fear naked of naked boomers, naked baby boomers, <laughs> just hiding in the shadows. I yeah. I just well, I think fear we them all. Now. I think that's a fear that everybody has. <laughs> we just, just standing we just there don't silently have it and formalized. Yeah. Um, I read this list of like how baby boomers are ruining the earth and it's it's pretty awesome because they talk about how like they're the ones that are spreading fake news on social media they're cheating on their spouses more um, and they uh, they're not good with their money because they've never had to be anyways um, so guys what have we seen that we liked since we last recorded Phil we'll go with you I haven't seen much that I liked I've uh, I'll, I'll get the stuff that I liked out of the way um Saw High Flying Bird. Yeah. Like that one. Oh, good. Um, Kids I finally got around to uh, seeing... Like? I finally got around to seeing Basket Case. Yeah! <laughs> that was a lot of... Yeah. Good one. Yeah, that's a grimy uh, 42nd Street. And very uh, representative of the New York demographic. Because uh, there's just... Uh, people of all uh all kinds kinds yeah and um i saw the the either underrated or underseen uh black exploitation movie slash isaac hayes's acting debut truck turner nice which somehow is both probably the most violent black exploitation movie and somehow the least problematic one that's, really interesting yeah so it's no blackenstein no, yeah, it's or, or Blackula. It could be. It could have been way skeevier, and they pull back from that. Hmm. 
It's got a scene-stealing supporting performance by Nichelle Nichols. Hey! Of Star Trek fame, yeah? Yeah, so yeah. she plays a madam in this one. I've been watching lots of Star Trek The Next Generation, because I've been sick. I love that. Yeah, she plays a madam. And Yafikoto plays a pimp. And Dick Miller, <laughs> R.I.P., has a bit part as a Bill Bondsman. Nice. Yeah, Isaac Hayes plays uh, Mac Truck Turner, a bounty hunter. Wait, wait, so his first name is Mac, and his nickname is Truck? Mac well, Truck? Yeah, Mac Truck is his nickname. Because of the Mac. Yeah. He's like an ex-football player turned bounty hunter. Does he drive a truck? No. Aww. He's just built like a Mac Truck. Oh, I see. And he carries around a Magnum. Yeah, like it's a pretty slipped on movie, and you know, it's got an iconic poster, and I think the soundtrack's pretty well known. Soundtrack's really well known. It's Especially ubiquitous after, um, in uh, Kill Bill. Yeah, it's, the soundtrack's pretty ubiquitous in uh, Isaac Hayes' bins and mm -hmm. general electric bins. Yeah, cool. And um, for the, the notable but not good stuff, I saw the Suspiria remake. Hey, hey! <laughs> yeah. It is not a good-looking movie. It's so hard. <laughs> it goes on forever. Mm. It's a movie that never ends. Yeah, it's like you're sitting there, be like, "Why is this not ending? What's going on?" Is that part of the madness, though. Yeah, it's like the complete opposite of Argento's movie. Like Argento's movie is so colorful and vivacious, and this is just so gray and washed out. Yeah, it's just like it just look, looks like they like were like, "Hey, uh, so." Uh, the can everything in front of the camera looks too good. Oh, let me fix that. Let me just like reach down here into this dirty puddle, pick up some mud, and just smear it all over the lens. That's yeah. exactly what it is. There we go. Perfect. I think yeah. I think this is literally what they did. Yeah. And then like, hey, so you know how you're Dakota Johnson? We said you were the main character. You're not. There is no main character. <laughs> One I don't of want ten total swim performances. Yeah. Like, I don't want. I don't want to bag on the movie too much because it does. There are there are moments in it that work. Um, the 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 simultaneous dance and uh, and uh, mutilation. When she goes, and then dies. I guess that was all right. That was like that was the point where I'm like, okay, this movie's gonna be good, and then hmm. the choreography is pretty cool. But, yeah, and there's some pretty visceral gore, but yeah, but yeah, no. And I finally watched Cannibal Holocaust. Um, yeah! That was the feel-bad movie of uh, the 20th the century. And yeah, and the 21st century. century. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I did that to myself. Um, <laughs> Cannibal Ferox is a picnic compared to Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah. I've heard so much about Cannibal Holocaust and it didn't prepare me. No, for, it doesn't at no. all. You're just like... Uh. Yeah, it, I'm it, watching this. Okay, it, it takes a lot out of you. Yeah, yeah, it's like you kind of like feel like I'm, I'm just I can't even go to sleep right now. I just have to sit here in a room and look at a wall. And the thing is, aesthetically, it's a very well-made movie. Yeah, like Ruggiero Deodato was a good director. This just the way that he used that skill just is gutting. Yeah, and the way they recreate the found footage is very effective as well. Yeah. And you got Rizzo Ortolani's like fantastic score in that film. Like, oh, yeah, that score is amazing. amazing. Yeah, uh, but the the moral stance that the movie's completely uh, like the movie takes moral stance, but the movie's completely full of shit. Um, yeah, yeah. That at the end when like they throw in that whole like, I wonder who the real savages are. It's just like no, oh, no, come you on, liar. liar, you liar. 
So yeah, there's, there's no <laughs> drug subplot like in Cannibal Ferox. There's no like back, no like. <laughs> I forgot dis- about this drug no, subplot. No disco scenes in New York City. No. Anything else, Phil? Uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Kit. What have you seen since we last recorded that you've enjoyed? Um, I don't know if I even mentioned this on the Oscar podcast. I can't remember if what I was that. Oh well, I saw like High Flying Bird didn't yeah. like it. Um, I saw. I find that everybody that actually watches basketball doesn't like that movie. It's boring. It's not boring. It's great. It's really boring. It's not boring. It's great. <laughs> okay, you keep on telling that. Yeah, it's not boring. It's great. Um, so you have to not be a basketball watcher to like this movie. Well, I think people go into it expecting there to be basketball scenes, and there are none. I didn't. Yeah. Oh. And it's ratatat dialogue. It's like tour de force performances. Sure. Uh, not really. It's okay. You didn't like it. That's fine. But what's ironic is that if you don't know anything about basketball, it's kind. Of, it's a pretty inaccessible movie, and. I come in. I came in not knowing anything about basketball, so there was a fair bit of what's going on in the movie that went over my head. Mm-hmm. It's about the game on top of the game. I still liked it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anything else, Kit? I saw Roma and the Favorite, and I liked them both. Yeah. Um, still haven't seen the Favorite. I want to see it. Oh yeah, you should. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's about it. I went cool. to two Raptors games. Um, that's, that's about it. Cool. Sounds like you had a good week. Yeah, it was good. It was, it was a great Did game they last night. Uh, they barely won both, but they were both very yeah. exciting games against quality opponents. Lillian, have you seen anything interesting since we last recorded? Uh, I checked out Dirty John. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, with Eric Bana and... Um, I'm sorry, I don't remember the woman's name. Um, but do you guys... Have you guys heard of it, Dirty John? I only I've listened to the pop podcast. Up. Oh yeah, you, there, you there was a podcast um, on it on that story, and then they adapted. I guess the movie was adapted from the podcast. Oh okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's based on a real uh, yeah. real story. Yeah. So, so I know the story. Oh, and Juno Temple's in it. And, oh, nice. Um, Connie uh, Britton, the mother. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. You, yeah, you, you, Dirty John's a Dirty John. <laughs> oh wow. Is his name actually John? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know what it, I didn't know if it was a, yeah, a it euphemism. Is, yeah, is. for dirty toilet. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That is the first thing I thought of. Nice. Um, anything else, Lillian, that caught your eye? No, that's it for now. What have you been up to, Graham? Uh, I've been quite sick. What have you been throwing those eyeballs at? Um, well, I'm, I'm still trying to keep, like, the amount of time that I talk about stuff because I've seen a lot of, uh, haven't seen, I'm like, I haven't seen that many movies and I'm like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So I'm, um, I'm going to talk about two movies. Oh, I didn't put it in Deadly Eyes. Uh, two movies that I've seen and I'll talk a little bit about a, a short documentary as well. So, um, oh, I. Oh, sorry. I watched Gaudy too. Oh, snap. How was that? That was good. That no was way. Good. Yeah. Uh, John Travolta. Wild. Cheers, man. <laughs> And uh, his Kelly Preston plays his wife in it. Okay, like she plays it in real life. Exactly, and uh, it was it was it was something like especially if you know a little bit about John Travolta and their family life and stuff. It was a little Mm. bit like a little close to the bone. Okay, right. It was good. Produced by David Miscavige. Uh, I don't know who that is. He's the he took over from L. Ron Hubbard after he died. Ooh, that guy, yeah, the Scientology guy. He, yeah, he's like a Thetan of the highest degree or something. Mm-hmm. He's like totally connected with Zenu. Yeah, I, I thought the point of Scientology was to get disconnected from Zenu. Maybe I just don't understand it. 
I don't think there's a solid backbone to that religion at all. <laughs> I don't trust anything written by a by a, a, a sci-fi writer. Well, no, I was going to say by a bad <laughs> sci-fi writer. Yes, that's if freaking Harlan Ellison wrote like created religion, I'd be like, okay, I gotta like give this, I gotta read up on this at least. There's at least going to be some solid story structure to their mythology. It's like you'd follow Bacchanalism or whatever that cur- cat's cradle religion was. Sure. I don't know what that is. I don't know. I don't that. remember either. Yeah. I haven't read that since high school. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, stuff that I've seen. Um, anyway, I'm going to start. I watched uh, The Tigers of Scotland, which is a sh- uh, only an hour-long documentary, which is about the wild cats of northern Scotland, which very close to my heart. They are a species that is greatly endangered um lots of the indigenous animal life of the uk has disappeared completely like i didn't realize wolves in the uk died out a thousand years ago uh the lynx uh, no sorry um hundreds of years ago and then the lynx in the uk died out a thousand years ago and then the um the wild cats of scotland which are a distinct species from the wild cats of africa which became the domesticated cats that we're familiar with now um there's uh, they're not sure how many are left, but they think it's between 35 and 90 in the wild, which is dangerously low. And they're mm-hmm. all interbreeding and being like wiped out. And the problem is, um, throughout most of the centuries, uh, even up until about 19, 1980 something, um, it was common to just like annihilate them on site um, because they were thought to like kill livestock and stuff. And they and they really didn't. They actually were independent uh, animals that like hunted only like rodents and feral stuff but they're fascinating creatures because they look from a distance like house cats but then you realize um because they're untamable so they were never like uh, domesticated Mm -hmm. um so you look at them and they actually have like larger heads stronger arms like it's different their fur they have twenty thousand hairs per square centimeter on their body oh wow because they like they live in the they live in the coldest part of scotland like where it snows a lot um, and just even the, the placement of the ears on their head are it's it's a fascinating documentary. It's something I'm really and interested they look in. Look like just normal like little house cats. At first, when you look at them, they look like a big version of it because like at first, a bobcat or something. No, no, like not some, even. No, like oh, they, wow. You look at them, you're like, oh, that's like that's like a, a an interestingly like Star coated. Girls. Yeah, it's an interestingly co- colored <laughs> tabby. Well, they're called the tigers of Scotland because they actually have they have stripes, but they don't look like tiger stripes. They look like you know house cat stripes. Um, and they have thick tails and they're just fascinating creatures that are like in danger of the biggest danger too is that they are the one type of wild cat that when they interbreed with a domesticated cat the offspring does, is not infertile because in a lot of the cases when wild cats breed with um with domesticated cats the offspring are infertile so that's kind of the end of that line but they're actually being genetically decimated as well as being physically decimated um but they're a fascinating species like it's I don't, I don't, this is not the kind of thing you would hear on our podcast normally, but I would say go watch this documentary. It's just interesting to see this type of mammal life form that is not, uh, what, what's funny, Kit? That's, that's something that you wouldn't hear, like go watch a documentary? Do we not recommend no, documentaries? No, no, about, about like just me talking about the fascinating species of wild cats of Scotland. Okay. Well, it's cute that we're I, talking about cats tonight and then we're going to watch a monster dog movie. So it's cats and dogs just like butting heads all the time. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. I love it. Yeah, and I really, yeah, I really was fascinated by these creatures. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm interested in, like, the fact that there are wild cats and, uh, like, the savannah cat is a big cat that's domesticated. Like, that fascinates me. I don't know. There's something about cats that are very interesting because they have uh, a connection to people that's different from dogs. Cats are awesome. I've yeah. always been a cat guy. Mm-hmm. And everyone that says cats don't do anything, they rid your house of vermin. They do. Yes, they do. They're so loud. Yeah. See bodega cats of Instagram. Yeah. 
Or a, a, that is actually a pretty good. Uh, yeah. Shout out to idea. shout out to our our own uh, cat friend with an Instagram account, uh, Scout the Big Fat Chat. Which ah is, yes. Check him out on Instagram. He's her. got some her. Oh, I didn't. It's a her. Her. Yeah. Scout oh, cool. her. Yeah. But yeah, then check out the Tigers of Scotland because it's it's just it's. Yeah, like because like tuxedo cats, I always assume are male and yeah. You know, she... See, I always think oddly enough, I always think of tuxedo cats as female because I grew up my cat growing up was a tuxedo cat and it was a she. Okay. But she had the perfect, like I called it her like Zor or like her um her mask because she had the perfect thing where like she was like black over the eyes and stuff and like her nose was white and the bottom half of her face was white and the top half of her face was black so it was like a perfect mask like she was Catwoman. And did she have like kind of longish hair? Um, medium here. She was a wonderful cat. Although she didn't think she was a cat, she hated all other animals. Tried to kill every other animal on sight. Those are my favorite, like the the tuxedo cats. They're so cute. And they're calico just... cats growing up. And, yeah. and, and it's nice. so sad that, uh, did you guys know that black cats get like, like after Halloween had, uh, and stuff? I had all... uh, my cat, uh, we had one black cat. Well, no, we had another black cat my dad got from his friend and it was named Mookie and I think it was yeah. named after Mookie Wilson which is a tad racist <laughs> uh. <laughs> just, just a tad but um, we had another black cat named Dooley who was one of the smarter cats that I've ever had you ever have like a pet where you're like man that, that cat That's is smart. unusually yeah. intelligent mm-hmm. for a cat look at the brains on that well, Same. like I would ask him where the other cat is, and he would like meow, and then and then move a little bit, and then meow some more, and wait for me to catch and that up. Cat would appear, and then he's like leading me directly to where the cat is, and uh, oh, loved Dooley. We only had him for two years until he was run over um, oh. on purpose on Halloween. Oh, good lord! But yeah, black pet, black cats get get the short end of the stick because yeah. everyone thinks they're evil. Like I remember even in it's university, so stupid. One of my friends, so crazy stupid. I want to like stop it. That's what, and they're yeah. also like, if you ever go to a shelter, they're the least likely to be picked up. So do adopt a black yeah. cat if you adopt can. Adopt a black cat. There are Black Fridays. Yeah. For black it's, cats. it's your little. It's your. It's your house panther. That's how I look at it. Yeah. Totally. Like Team America. Yeah. Kim by, the, by the way. Yeah, that's right. I, I, I want to point out. So in Newfoundland, <laughs> there are some big cats in the wild. There's, uh, there's the lynx and there's like, the bobcat and there's been uh, rumors of cougars. But recently, the, for the past like couple decades. There's been sightings of wild panthers in Newfoundland. They're not confirmed, but I am crossing my fingers that we're going to have Newfoundland panthers, as I, or as I like to call them, nanthers. I like nanthers. I was nanthers. wondering what you were going to go for. Nice yeah. portmanteau. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, on from our, our, we should start a cat podcast. None totally, of us, yeah. none of us currently own cats, unfortunately. But no, totally but Phil, don't you? No, those are my roommates' cats. Ah. Uh. Totally low key. I'm like in the back of my head. I'm like. I want mind having a little kitty a cat podcast would probably be wildly successful by yeah the way. way more successful than our movie <laughs> podcast hello everyone there's a, there's a cat hotel on dundas in the junction um right beside a flower shop <laughs> nice i want to go there and just be like can i check in hopefully the cats don't crash the flower shop because those flowers would probably kill them yeah so uh, moving on um the other films that i want to talk about so i'm just not going to talk about briefly one is deadly eyes from the early 1980s starring one of my personal favorite actresses, Lisa Langlois, um, who me and Phil had the pleasure of seeing in person when she uh, discussed her film 1984 in at the Royal Cinema. Class of 1984. Class of 1984. I'm tired and sick. Um, Fair but enough. Chick with the pink hair? Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, so anyways, uh, Deadly Eyes is the Toronto set film about the killer rats that are wiener dogs that they put costumes on. One wiener dog unfortunately died during the production of the film. Oh yeah, I heard about that. But the thing is, overall, they said that the Humane Society that inspected said that the wiener dogs were like, they were more better treated than any dog on any production they had been on at the t- up until the point. It's just an unfortunate, um, coincidence of, of events that caused the, the, the dog to pass away. Yes, doctions. I like to help. Animal kick you went on, Graham. What the heck? It is weird that I watched. I think in the back of your head, you want a little kitty. Or I do. I want a pet. Yeah. I I went uh, to Ottawa and I stayed with my sister and brother-in-law, and they have two dogs. Although they're one of their dogs sheds like a nightmare. Still finding their hair everywhere. Um, but yeah. So that's how they, they that's how they say remember me. Yeah. Never forget me. That's how they leave their little trays. Yeah. Um, anyways, Deadly Eyes. Yeah, it's such a great early Toronto. It's such a Toronto movie, despite the fact that it's, it's set in the states. Produced by Golden Harvest, the Hong Kong martial arts movie studio, for some reason produced this rat movie in Toronto. It's there's Lower Bay Station, there's Old City Hall, Classic. there's the Eaton Center, there's Hyde Park, there's Trinity Bell Woods. It's such a great fun movie. Um, and it, yeah, it's just about and like the th- interesting Dashions thing about is rats. the interesting thing about the movie is. It has subplots that are meaningful that are not related to the rats at all, and then it all ties in together. It also features some great footage of the um, the Regent Theater on Mount Pleasant, where um, uh, Lisa Langlois and her like boyfriend go to watch uh, Bruce Lee in Game of Death, which me and Lillian saw on the big screen. Although, although they don't show any of the Bruce Lee uh, impersonator stuff, they only show the real Bruce Lee stuff in the movie. But yeah, yeah, it's interesting seeing rats over like giant rats overrun the uh, the Regent Theater. Also, the Regent Theater had a kick-in uh, concession stand in the 1970s. I have to say, like, the current one, not so great. The, they don't even have fountain drinks at the current one. Yeah, it's just bring your own food. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and then the last movie I want to talk about before we record is the movie oh, yeah, I watched. Deadly Eyes is directed by Robert Klaus of Enter the Dragon and Jim Cotta fame. Exactly. <coughs> Which I'm I guess guessing... is, that's the Golden Harvest connection. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jim Cotta. But um, the film I want to talk about the most is the film I saw last night, which is called Skate Kitchen. It is currently available on Canadian Netflix and iTunes. It was in Sundance 2018. It played at the Toronto International Film Festival uh, Theater in downtown Toronto. It is an amazing film. Stop whatever you're doing right now. Go watch it. I loved it to death. It's, if I had seen it last year when it came out, it would have been my favorite film of the year. I cannot say enough good things about this film. It's about young female skateboarders in New York City. It's contemporary, and it's great. I love the hell out of it. Um... It didn't do very well at the box office, unfortunately. The director, whose name escapes me right now, um, God, what is her name? Colette, I think is her name. Um, but she directed the documentary The Wolf Pack, and this is her fiction film debut. It is amazing. It is a. Tr- uh, oh, it's not documentary style. Okay. It's it's shot very cinema verite. Like a lot of the f- the stuff is just following these girls around New York. But there is a storyline. They are. It's all non actors except for Jaden Smith. Will Smith's son is in it. I guess for financial reasons, mm-hmm. um, but it is as close to a perfect film as you will see this year. I do want to see it. Yeah. So I wish I watched that instead of mid nineties. <laughs> yeah. Screw you, Jonah Hill, and your crap. Well, did mid did mid nineties? Oh, did my nineties? <laughs> I tried to speak and just sounds came out. No words. <laughs> uh, did mid nineties suck? It did. 
Yeah, I I kind of sensed that it would. I kind of it that seemed, first trailer seemed, wowed everybody, and then yeah, yeah, because it seemed very authentic, right? And then Jonah Hill started talking I was, about I was it, like and a you're like, skateboarder uh, kid, like one of those kids. In the you 90s. might, you so, might, like I would identify with it, but yeah. I'm also very wary that it's not going to be. Good. I, I think that's what everybody wanted, because like all of us are like the same, roughly the same age. Yeah. I started watching Maniac. Have you guys heard of that? Uh, the Dude. series or the film? Yeah, the series. I've heard, but that's with Jonah Hill in it and uh, Emma Stone. Um, Emma Stone. Oh yeah, it's like a short series, right? Like a few episodes. Yeah. I I've heard mixed mixed reviews on that one, and uh, <laughs> Lillian's face is giving Lillian's a rather mixed review right now. I, just, I look like I <laughs> drank sour milk. Um, it was it had a lot going for it in the beginning. You're like, cool. You get to see like. It's, these, like, it's the sequel to Super Bad. tests and stuff, and <laughs> yeah. you know. Didn't you wonder how those characters got on after high school? I I I don't know, yeah. but it turned into this whole other thing, and I was just like, "What the f- do I give a shit?" No, I don't. So. <laughs> Graham's thinking about uh, editing this uh, podcast later. It's all good. <laughs> my take. It's okay, Lillian. I'm I'm excusing all Lillian's cursing because it's a show, so it doesn't count. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, yeah I, mean, I haven't watched Maniac just because, uh, because, screw Jonah Hill. Really? Do we, are we, is, is, I think he's becoming a douche. Is Jonah guy. Hill cancelled? I think, I think he's cancelled. <laughs> I think, shut up. I, I thought think, that was just his character in, uh, This is the End. Is, is, I think is he really that person? I think he's, be, I think he has become that person because he made mid 90s and said, I, like, you know, like it was when he started talking about it, I was like, Aww. And then... Well, he, he was like, I remember, like, he was he like, was, oh, we wanted to make sure that we got all, like, the slurs and stuff authentic, yeah. like... Because oh. that is, I guess that is true that people, like, I don't know, I talked that way, too. But, I didn't, though. Well, not... Not not to the extent. Not to... I, I don't know what to... We were not dropping N-bombs and, and no, F-bombs no, no, all no, the time. No, 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 but uh, very casual with the homophobic language back in the day. Yeah, that's true. Um... But I don't know. Is it really important that we get that stuff authentic? That's that's usually what I think. When well, yeah. there's also a uh, basically a statutory rape scene, but it's but it's a boy who's on the receiving end, so it's awesome. Oh yeah, that old that old chestnut. Yeah, and, later on, yeah, and Jonah Hill's like, I meant it to be problematic. I'm showing out. I remember that. Yeah, I remember he said that. He's like, I meant for it to be problematic. And it's like, dude, dude, dude no, no, you didn't. No, 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 you no. liar. You liar. You're applauding this kid for yeah. uh, getting to a certain base. Yeah. Anyways. Spoiler alert. On that note. I don't know what you guys are talking about. On that note, this is Fifth Monsters. Base? On that note, guys, <laughs> come on. Jesus. Yeah, guys, let's let's kick out the blues and tune into Monster Dog and just get into like a hell of a ride. And let's just uh, turn get our werewolf on. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I'm looking forward to having some of that Claudio Fergazzo magic. And so we'll be right back after watching Monster Dog. It's 20 years later, and Vince Raven is going home. He's hoping for a new beginning, but somehow he can't escape the horror of his past. And now, things are really getting hairy. Sometimes I'm James Bond. Sometimes I'm Billy the Kid. Sometimes I feel like Sherlock Holmes. Sometimes I feel like Jack the Ripper. 
People say it's only a legend, but no matter how real the story, a legend can't kill. Is he human? Or is he master of the dogs? The terror of your worst nightmare is about to be unleashed. Monster Dog. And that was Monster Dog. Yeah. Hell yeah, it was. The one thing is, what happened to the other monster dog? Because we never okay. Oh, uh, it was so the old um, the old listeners okay, unless, you've, unless unless you've watched the movie, then you're going to be lost. Yeah, but the, have uh, you watched the movie, listeners? Have you? So it was uh, it was the old guy, the old weird guy with the white bloody clothes. That was the monster dog all along, as he mm-hmm. explains. He was bit by the by Vincent's by Vincent, dad. Yeah, Vincent is played by Alice Cooper. We should point out that I want to say Vincent Roberts. This is like AKA Vincent, Vincent Raven. Raven. I have to say that's this right, is that's um, his stage name. This is uh, Claudio. Fer- out of all the movies of Claudio Fergazzo's that I've seen, and I've seen many. This is probably his best one. <laughs> And it's his debut. Exactly. Yeah, it was all downhill from here. <laughs> he, he, uh, apparently, he would uh, co-write with his wife, so maybe yeah. she had some pull in this. That made she probably wanna, did. Yeah, made you want to say yes. She's the true director yeah. of this movie. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise. It wouldn't surprise me if Bruno Mattei snuck in there to be like, man. "I'm just gonna, I'm gonna spruce this up a little bit with a little." Um, watching it again today after um after all these years that I've first seen it. It's still kind of it's it still kind of had the same kind of effect because um it was it was just these people that don't know what they're coming into kind of thing and just kind of figuring it out for themselves and it kind of becomes clear early on that Alice Cooper's character which is the the rock star who wants to shoot this video um he kind of knows that he's He's stepping into something that is kind of sticky wicky because his dad had a history of uh, kind of maybe turning the town into fear. Or at least like a history his, of terrible his, mental illness or something. Yeah, there's 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 definitely something that that his dad is well known for and in a very bad way. And it involves attacking and killings and, and, and werewolf type things. It's never really stated. Kit, you kept going on throughout the night. What did his dad do? What did his dad do? What did he do? Well, because they keep on hinting at it at the beginning. Because they kept, I kept pointing like, oh, it out. Yeah, when your dad, and he like cuts him off. He's like, yeah, yeah, I remember what my dad it's did. It's something he didn't want to, it's and something Alice didn't want to talk about. And Alice was like really respectful of that. She's like, okay, okay, okay. But it, uh, there's something that they came across the entire time there, the past, well, and and and. I do I do like uh, we we catch once they moved into the mansion and there's all the secrecy about mm-hmm. what what his dad did and what's going on and all these attacks by the wolves. So he's sitting in a chair and he's reading this uh, this tomb about um, you know uh, tome tome not tomb. Uh, 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 what you, what's the Werewolf? disease called? Uh, lycanthropy. Lycanthropy and stuff and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But really, it's just like we see inside of it. It's just a picture of Lon Chaney and the Wolfman. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure they didn't pay for that image. No, I don't think um, so. <laughs> so I do want to point out, this film is very much in the tradition of gothic horror, where it's like a bunch of people go to this isolated, um, in this case, large house or manor or mansion. Sweet looking house. Yeah. We'd all like to live there. <laughs> so we should point out, the film starts off with, with a music video by Vincent Raven. Yes, every which movie. Is really good. Every movie should start off with a music video, I think. Yeah, it was great. It was called, the song was called Identity Crisis. 
Identity crises. Crises. Oh wow, they get in literary. literary that's, how, that's how fucking like and and uh, uh, prophetic it gets, I guess. Like because his father is obviously some sort of demon or some sort of werewolf or something that has wreaked havoc on on the town. And he's remembered for that, and Vincent kind of escaped from that, and it's kind of like something in the back of his head, it's like a repressed memory. And he's only, like you see throughout the movie that he's only kind of like coming to, coming to terms with it. And you see that he's kind of downplayed it in his entire life, but like when he kind of puts it together and he's kind of faced with it, with this barricade, remember in the beginning, there's a barricade. They have they, to go through a few checkpoints, and they keep on hearing about people getting not killed only by one, dogs. There's not only one barricade, but like two or three, and like within those barricades, there's been like several murders by dogs, and his father's name comes up, and it's kind of like this kind of, like you see, even though... We, Kit was asking, what did his dad do? What did his dad do? Well, I knew that they were going to reveal. Of course, I was just, I we was knew old. that, like, just tune in and you'll find out. But, like, you don't, yeah, you don't really find out. But you know that something bad. And there's, like, and, and you see Vincent, the main character, Alice Cooper. You see him kind of, like, putting it all together. He gets a, he gets a little moody. And he kind of is time. just, like, holy f- shit like it just kind of like just <laughs> kind of dawns on him and he's like holy and he's trying to make sense of it all throughout the whole movie and it's just like so eerie and um what was I gonna say uh well okay you know you know you can read my mind what was I gonna say well I think you were just talking about how they how they set up the mystery of uh, what what happened yeah um, like we, there's, like, they've gone through. It's, it's, they're in a van or some, something. Yeah, they're in a um, camper van, so it's, it's. They the, go through a few checkpoints, and then they meet at the second checkpoint. It's the sheriff himself, yeah. who looks like a ghoul. Yeah, um, and they're like, "Oh, you're little, what's his face's boy?" And then Alice Cooper says, "Like, yeah, I used to sit on your lap and piss and shit all over you." And I'm like, "It's more great Claudio Fergazzo dialogue." And what he's saying is like, when I, it's something that was like written in Italian and didn't quite translate to English. Um. I, I just want to say I can relate to that scene right there because um, I went back to Cuba, which is where my dad is from, and 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 I got to revisit the family after like many 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 years, and I came across a man who said that I used to beat him with uh, a plant. Did um, you? Yeah. <laughs> I used to beat him with a plant as a kid, and he was scared of me. <laughs> Nice. What what kind of plant? uh, This is like a cactus-looking thing. Um, Oh, Jesus. No, but it's got like, um, I think it's called Mother's Tongue or something. Oh, one of those. You know those? I think so. It's green, it's spiky, and it's got... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's all over the place, and it's like Stepmother's Tongue or something. And he says, apparently, I used to beat him with it as a kid. That's rough. And, um, I could, like, that scene when I first watched it, guys, like, years ago, I was like, oh, this is so cute. Like, yeah, I could totally relate to that because, like, when I went back to my hometown, I get all these stories about how I used to be, and it's, like, not necessarily what I remember, but I'm like, yeah, okay, sure, yeah, that happened, sure, I could see that. Um, so, 
I don't know. Well, the thing I liked about this movie, it was like, it was just so real. Like, everything just kind of unfolded the way that it would were it to happen that way. If Yeah, the werewolves are real and stuff, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although it is funny, as they get to the second checkpoint, and there's like, yeah, there's been, uh, you know, you got to be careful. Uh, five people have been killed by dogs. And then, and then people are like, like, oh, I thought it was only two people. And it's like, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's still <laughs> two people killed by dogs. And they're like, yeah, no, it's five. Well, five's more worrisome than two, I we suppose. We should point out, so, so I just want to point out, the people that are going to this, they're going there to shoot it's a music. It's not just like a, like out of the blue kind of thing. It's like a consistency. Yeah, two just sounds yeah. like an unfortunate coincidence. It's like, oh man, you know, two people got killed by dogs, you know, yesterday. More, you're like, okay. Then it's a phenomenon. Yeah, yeah, we've got an epidemic now. And then they run over a German shepherd, guys. Do you remember this? Yes, they After do they promptly run over. They find out that there's been two, then three murdered by dogs. They run over a German shepherd and they're just Not on purpose, by the way. They're not, yeah, it's yeah. accidental. <laughs> yeah, it's completely accidental and they're completely crushed and they're like, holy shit, poor dog. Well, that is when they first encounter the monster the, dog. The weird, bloody old guy who's in like a tattered but white they, shirt. But they also encounter the monster dog oh, at yeah, this point. Oh yeah, they see him and then, and then the monster dog just kind of growls at them and they're like, hey, what's that? Um... <laughs> and then they see the old bloody guy who he's kind turns of like, out to be the monster. It's dog. interesting because at first you feel like he's a play on like the character of Crazy Ralph in the Friday the Thirteenth series, who's like, right. that camp's got a death cast. You're yes, going to die. That's, that's how I felt. Yeah. yeah. And then it turns out he's actually the monster dog later on. Oh, we also um, missed. Um, there's a little scene where the yeah. caretaker is going around the house, getting it ready for Making Vincent's sandwiches arrival. Being, yeah. Not really uh, tidying up enough, though. I would say. And then he goes outside, and there's a bunch of dogs, and they kill him. Or, and yeah. Um, so in the van, we should point out there is um, Vincent. Is Angela the name of his girlfriend? Uh, I think it's I think it's the other lady with the curly hair, Sandra. Oh, and right, yeah. It's like the actress that's gonna be in the video, but Sandra is his girlfriend, and she's like in the crew. Right, because it's Sandra, Mary Lou, and Angela, and then the dudes. I don't dudes. know their names. Yeah, I feel like part of the crew. Part, part of the yeah. part of the thing I liked about this movie is that they do not bother fleshing out any tertiary characters. No, it's just so Sandra is a maker <laughs> of there. electronic videos, aka music videos. They're shooting this on an, on a video camera where you, like you know a cord runs out of it into a bag that holds the VCR that records it to the tape. Um, Sandra or uh, Angela is the actress, and she has a nightmare on their night first night there. And, you know, where she essentially says, like, Vincent's uh, the, the monster dog or the werewolf. It's interesting how they keep on calling it. I have a feeling they wanted to, like, put wolves in this movie but couldn't afford it, so they had dogs. So they called it Monster Dog to cover up for that. Mm, could be. But um, I have to point out something. The one thing about this movie that I found really distracting and, like, um, almost made it impossible for me to watch was that Alice Cooper didn't voice his own voice. And it's like, you just know that if Alice Cooper was doing it, it wouldn't come across as stilted as it does in the film. Because, you know, when he's talking about... That didn't bother me so much. Like, I was kind of, like, in the, the, the narrative of the movie and the, like, the atmosphere of it all and everything that it didn't really bother me so much that... Sorry, Phil, can you please not breathe into the... Oh, yeah. I just hear, like, Phil, like... <sighs> and I, look over and Phil's... I, I was kind of, like, thrown into the plot of the movie, like, right away... I don't know. It's just because, like, it's because you have these, it, you have this, like, cute little intro of the music video in the totally, beginning. Yeah. And it was, like, a k kind of fun song. Yeah, that song is a bop. Yeah, I'm, I'm it, it was fun, right? Identity crises. Yeah, and he's all, like, sometimes I'm Jack the Ripper. Sometimes I'm Sherlock Holmes. Holmes. Yeah. 
and it was, and it was kind of prophetic of um, the identity crisis that you ah, never see in uh, the film, but that you kind crisis. of that you kind of feel his dad might have gone through, because his dad was kind of put on the stake for murders that he a, committed. A, apparently, according according to Vincent, killed by pitchforks, and yes. then doused with gasoline and put on fire yeah. exactly so he was hunted by the community so because of his childhood. actions and it was something that he couldn't control being a werewolf right and and it was and and i think and you kind of see alice vincent kind of being all like strange about his background and his dad he doesn't want to talk never about really it. confronted I don't know. I this movie kind of just kind of creeps up on you type of thing, like it just kind of slithers in and makes its mark. Yeah, it it skips genres because you start you got the rock musical. There's a western section. Yeah. yeah, then it, in the third act it becomes a full blown. When western. some extras from like the town called Bastard and Warriors of the Wasteland oh show my up. God, the the so they look like they just walked off a of spaghetti yeah. western. So what what it turns out is that the villagers who had killed uh, Vincent's dad are still in the village and, and still um, want to kill more of Vincent's family. And they're like, "Well, we should have killed the son, and he's back, and he's yeah, he's the reason why the dogs yeah. are killing and everyone." It's understandable because if you lost family to a random attack of dogs, you would, f and, and then you find out that like there's some ringleader behind it. But these Vincent's guys, dad, you would fucking feel vengeance too. I, and I, you would want you would see blood and you would fucking see red and you would want to fucking kill. <laughs> True or no? Just just Graham's face. True. But um, no, it's just the grizzled look of these uh, these old villagers. Obviously, they're bad guys. We're yeah, not... and obviously they're 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 like veterans from spaghetti westerns yeah. and like Italian. Post oh my god! I have to say the acting was pretty great in this tonight. Am I right, guys? Overall. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. I say. I say the acting. Like when when the action finally kicked in, I think the acting was solid. I think like there's certain the things. Concern the level of concern and like just and, the, and the the main woman uh, Angela. I we Sandra, Sandra. 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 Yeah. She's oh, good. Girlfriend? She's good. Yeah. Yeah. She clearly was not speaking English the entire film. No. And it's it's hard it's hard as well when they dub in because like I've seen documentaries where they talk to the um, like American voice actors that like I have to figure out how to fit these English words. Mm -hmm. Into an Italian, French, or German line of dialogue. Um, I like how you turn the the mic to point at him to say like, "Do you want to split another beer?" And then, yeah, it's still there. Um, love um, love. Yeah, but because like at a certain point, because they because there's a trope of if you watch a lot of Italian movies from this era, there there's a trope of like a lot of laughing in the dubbing, and you realize it's it's just the Italians have a way of laughing while they talk about stuff that that north american english speakers don't so it always comes in like yes ha ha, ha. and you know or like ha, ha and then everyone laughs by them ha, ha and you're like it just doesn't translate as well but i, I love it way, by the way uh, uh i told you guys but i did tell the listeners i tune into clifford's episode and that was pretty fucking awesome so if, if if anybody who's listening right now hasn't tuned into the clifford episode please do Ah, monster dog. Let's All keep right, it the monster back dog. Back to monster dog. Maybe. I'll oh, there was remember. an extended dream. Oh, well, yeah, we're, yeah, not, well, we're not really following the plot here, but that's okay. Sorry, so listeners. At a certain point, so on the first night of the well, their only night there because the movie takes place over two days. Angela has an extended dream sequence, which I was convinced was not a dream sequence because it went on too long. It goes it was on so for realistic, a while. Yeah. Right. 
Yes. But it, it, and so and awesome about it. Yes. In the universe of the movie, the dream sequence is realistic. By the way, this film has great atmosphere. Claudio Fergazzo definitely took lessons from Bruno Mattai and it's all uh, blue light and, and Lucio Fulci. And, uh, yeah, they 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 employ, he employed tons. Right? Everything like, feels claustrophobic. Like, Even when you're outside, like, it's claustrophobic. Shit. Where are we? Right? Yeah, they employ the Lucio Fulci. If, he, if if there's a scene, it must have a fog machine. Um, so, there's, yeah, it's a great, great location, great atmosphere. The effects were pretty good, too. I got to say, like, yeah. the, the monster dog was good. Although, whenever... It's like, clearly a hand puppet every time, but, but it's pretty But awesome. it's pretty good. And, like, the, gore, good the gore looks pretty good, too. Um, the dogs are interesting because, like... You know, there's always a few German shepherds out in front, and then there's, you know, random, like, terriers and a Newfoundland dog. And, like, when they weren't running and the camera just lingered on them, you can just tell, like, all these dogs are having the best time. They're just sitting there getting they fed treats. Ate. Like, just they sit. They just ate. They yeah. just ate. Yeah. They're yeah, cute. Well, they're, like, licking their chops. They're all, like, yeah, we just ate. Yeah, they were they were eating the sound guys yeah. downstairs. I, I, I kept expecting somebody to get ripped apart, and the insides would just be dog meat. Dog food, meat. No, no, no. That's not what the kind of film they made. They this was a big mainstream film for Claudio. He was there, not going to like doing that. There wasn't too much gore. Well, a guy did get his skull blown off. He, yeah, which was good. And then, yeah, they, they used a, uh, a dummy head for the explosion, and then they used a um, prosthesis on an actual head for the aftermath, which looked pretty good. By the way, the, the tense scene when the, the neighbors with guns take over the house, it got really intense because uh, the house that they, they're staying in, like uh, Vincent's family home, is well stocked with firearms and it, clearly they're all hunting rifles and stuff it's not like you know he's a militia member or something and um so like they arm themselves when so we should point out okay we've been jumping around a lot so they get to the house weird stuff happens the dream happens the next day they're shooting the music video the body of the caretaker oh, of the house uh, crashes you, through you, the window you got to mention the weird paintings and stuff oh yeah there's paintings like of gothic alice cooper and alice cooper's father and like yeah they show like torture and stuff torture and like weird dogs yeah. and stuff and it's yeah, just yeah, yeah. Yeah, very and gothic paintings so on day like christopher walken yeah there's a guy that looks like christopher walken i think who, that's supposed to be alice cooper who, who might be a murderer um so anyways what anyways yeah what yeah. what oh definitely you think you think so Oh, absolutely, because what was he doing uh, on that the boat? sheriff's in the beginning at the Brigade, they're saying, you know, oh, your father... Oh, I'm talking about a different a... thing. Uh, <laughs> he's, you're talking about Natalie Wood? And Robert Wagner. And... Oh. You get sued? Oh. Yeah, anyways. Um, this is a huge, like, controversy about it's, it's unsolved. Yeah, yeah. Guys, gotta stop watching Unsolved Mysteries, I swear oh, to God. Three, three people left on a vote, two people came back. Anyways, <laughs> did Natalie would predict her murder? No, don't. this is getting sad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Anyways, so back to Monster Dog, where no one died, thankfully, um, in real life. Uh, Not that we know of. My voice is just going to crap. Um, so on day two, they're shooting the music video. The, the body of the caretaker and that's falls awesome through them too. Yeah, the music video looks good, and, and this this allows Alice Cooper to dress like Alice Cooper. Leather pants. Yeah, a, a leather blouse. eye makeup. Yeah, he looks like Alice Cooper, and so. The caretaker falls dead through a windowsill, and uh, they're like, oh, God, there's something going on. So they, they arm up. They, they Angela try to runs call off. police. Yeah, but, but the they... phone lines get cut by the neighbors. And I'm like, what? What's going on? And then you realize, oh, it's the neighbors like trying to isolate them. Angela runs off. Uh, they're already apprehensive that the father, who's wreaked all this havoc years before, his son is back in the that, in the town, and that, they're kind of like WTF. That is, they, they even literally yeah. say that at one point. One of the guys. Yeah. Um. Um. So, anyways, 
Angela runs off. Uh, Alice Cooper with a shotgun goes running after her to make sure she's okay. And this is when the evil neighbors show up. So they roll up in a Italian. It looks like it's straight up like a Churro 8 Santiago post-apocalyptic movie. Uh, like a like beat a beat-up wagon. Yeah, basically. a station wagon. And they all come out arms like, oh, we're out hunting the dogs. It's like a Griswold wagon. And, yeah, 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 very beat up though and dusty. And so uh, Sandra, uh, Mary, uh, not Mary Lou, is it? Yeah, yeah Mary, Mary Lou, a character named Mary Lou. Yeah. And and the nameless guys are kind of there, like, oh, the we're, we're okay, we're okay, Brad we got this. And, and Chud, I don't know. Yeah, we do learn that one of the like uh, locals is named Jerome, uh, which is funny. Yeah, one of the gun-toting locals. Uh, yeah. Um. And so, anyways, so the gun-toting locals, like. Storm the house, kind of like disarm the 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 city folk, I guess. The laugh Vincent's a bunch people. at the inappropriate things. Yeah, and they like, like there's a, a strong sense that that something bad is going to go down. Um, Vincent comes back with Angela, and so the leader of the of the locals has a, a pistol with a silver bullet in it that he's going to shoot through Vincent's heart to kill him because he's a werewolf, not a monster dog. And um, the whole thing is like, okay, when Vincent gets to the door, you open it, and I'll I'll say open, you open it, and I'll shoot him in the heart. Vincent and Angela get to the front door. Vincent says, like, hey, stay here. I'm going to run around and check the back. Angela opens up the front door. And she of gets course, shot and killed. With the worst, like, squirting, yeah. like, blood squirt sound. I it's think a I've very Italian. Uh, so it, it kind of became true. Remember when the barricade and the old man who came out from the bush, he said, everyone's going to die except you. It's true. He did say that. And that did happen. But she died, yeah. though. Yeah. No, I think she meant. I think she meant everyone but Vince. She said that to San. He said that to Sandra. She meant everyone but Vince is gonna die because it's it's basically his father's legacy, I guess, that took over, and they would protect his son. Yes. But everyone else would have to just fucking die. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There's gonna be so many bleeps in this this episode. Bleep schmeep. Um. So, anyways. <laughs> Um, so anyways, this, this, this now, my, my favorite part of the movie is this, when the locals are pursuing Vincent through the house and the, the, the music video crew have to like free themselves and then the dogs attack and the dogs attack and there's all this stuff going on. And so Vincent has to like face down against all those guys. This is where the top of the head gets blown off. He takes out all the other members of the, the crew. Rooftop. Yeah, and it's a great rooftop on the top. You can tell that there was like chickens or something. chickens or something. If it was a modern, if it was North America, there'd be a basketball hoop up there. Um, because Kit loves basketball. Um, Thank, thanks for including me in the welcome. podcast. You're welcome. And my interest. You're wearing a Raptors t-shirt. I am. Yeah. Was so that the free t-shirt you got at the thing? I'm, I'm totally there for the basketball. It's great to watch. I was on the jumbotron. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did it's you the kiss first them? time? No. It's no. It's the first time I've ever appeared on a jumbotron, and I wasn't happy about it. I was trying to. Get out. It was like a dance cam. It's like, who's dancing? And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not dancing. You, gotta just, you just gotta like, <laughs> do, you just gotta like, all you Point gotta do is camera no, away. No, no. When the dance cam hits you, all you gotta do is this. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. Just all, do the yeah. fist bump. Yeah. All I did was stare at the camera because you, you, you know how do the, like, butt shake. people are always trying to look at themselves and they they're not looking. Yeah, so they're looking just, up like. So you gotta stare at the camera and be like, no. I'm nah. guessing Drake was not at the game. Drake was. It was OVO night, so it was the uh, the, oh, okay. the one old, but he was not there. No. Anyways, back to Monster Dog. <laughs> and off of the segue. Um, uh, so, yeah, and then at this point, the dogs kind of chill out. Uh, the Monster Dog actually attacks Angela. No, not Angela. It was Mary Lou and, and Sandra. And Vince shows up, saves them, and then Mary Lou's like, you're the Monster Dog. You gotta be the Monster Dog. Blah, 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 blah. 
And it turns out he's not the monster dog. So they escape. They get into the station wagon. Although he doesn't really make his case for no. not being the monster he just dog lo- very he well. He just doesn't say anything and just glares at them. He accuses him of being the monster dog and he just stares. Yeah, you don't glare at someone while you're wearing eyeliner. It just looks bad. Because <laughs> he's still trying to like kind of come he's to processing. terms with it all. He's processing. Yeah, yeah. He's not even, he might be the monster dog. Maybe yeah. in his mind he's like, I don't know. He's kind of like, whoa, am I doing this? Identity crisis. Sometimes I am Jack Identity the Ripper. Identity crisis. Sometimes I'm Billy the Kid. Oh, it's such a good sometimes song. Sometimes I'm Jack the, the Ripper. Yeah, he sings in this like faux uh, Iggy Pop baritone. There was also a really Comes good. Out looking like uh, Brian Ferry, I think is what. Yeah, you oh said. yes, absolutely. Yeah, there is. There is also. Yeah. yeah, there was also a really good song by the Alan Parsons Project that we all kind of responded to, uh, called "The Raven Remix." Yep. Apparently, um, so anyways, so now uh, Mary Lou, Vince, and uh, Sandra try to escape in the station wagon. They get into the station wagon. Oh no, the keys aren't there. Of course, they're not there. Fuck! What the dogs ate it? Jesus! <laughs> the doggy bone. So they go back inside. Uh, they get the so, Polish. So so Sandra and Vincent run back inside, get the key, come back out, but drive oh, away. But they, it's not that easy because the old guy that he thought he the main shot, bad guy the main is bad still guy, alive. And then uh, Chris Christopherson lookalike yeah. kind of bad guy. Flash Brian Ferry. Well, no, that's that's Alice oh, Cooper no, looking Flash, like Brian Ferry. Um, the guy know. from Roadhouse, Roundhouse. Oh, uh, Sam Elliott. Oh, Sam Elliott was the caretaker. Yeah. Anyways, you're missing missing your doppelgangers, Lil. Sam Elliott's in this, guys, even though he's not really in this. Not Sam Elliott. (laughs) A Sam Elliott is in this. I'd like to see some, you know, entre... Sam Elliott with one L. Some enterprising young young person put uh, Sam Elliott into every single movie. Just like the Thanos project that's like happening like right Nick now. Cage, like Nick Cage's Hans Group. <laughs> <laughs> that was something I found on AV Club. It was like under like the Great Job Internet. Uh, yeah. Oh, very um, interesting. So, anyways, they get the key. They go into the car and they drive. And like, oh, we're we're fine. And then Sandra's talking to Mary Lou, like, oh, Mary Lou, did you fall asleep back there? And then she comes out and Mary Lou's all bloody. And then, oh no, the monster dog is in the seat and it's and bites Alice Cooper. Sandra jumps out of the car. The car flips over and then the the old man. With the bloody white shirt comes, was like, his father bit me. Yeah, he, I bit him. I, I so love how he explains. He ties everything. it all together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then he just goes away and has never resolved his I, story. She doesn't shoot him, right? No, like he just goes away. So she finds Vince sitting in the um, in the woods, and he gives her a shotgun, and it's very reminiscent of the end of. Uh, very, it's reminiscent of two films. One came out before it. One came out after it. The film before is obviously the American Werewolf in London, although it's the police that shoot um, David in that film. I was just thinking the transformation scene where it's, yeah, there was it's, a, there was it's a very bit, gruesome and yeah, it looks painful. But it's also reminiscent kind of of the 1986 David Cronenberg remake of The Fly, when at the end ah, very good, yes, which came out afterwards, which when you know he when Gina Davis is pointing the gun at Jeff Goldblum as The Fly, and then he reaches up and points the gun at his head. So it's very much that where he's like, shoot me, you gotta shoot me because I'm gonna become a monster. And then he starts to transform. She shoots him and kills him. And then she kind of walks off into the darkness, throws the gun away. That's the best bit of special effects, actually. Yeah. Practical effects. Yeah, 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 where his face starts, doing, face, face starts, starts morphing and yeah. changing into a wolf. And teeth grow out of it. So yeah, it gets pretty awesome. And then we get treated to like one of Kit's favorite moments of all movies. 
the montage of the movie before the credits. The just there's been a few movies. I, yeah. I'm trying to think of them all that have done that. Where it's yeah. like, ah, we got that movie we just saw. Well, here it all is. Here it's all karate- again. Oh, right, because they do because they do the music video again, yeah. but they throw in clips from the movie. Did Karate Warrior Six do that? I'm pretty sure yeah. Karate Warrior Six did that. <laughs> yeah. Is that for uh, Fatal Deviation? Including Fatal Deviation, yeah. yeah. Including the naked, uh, the naked Academy. bathtub guy, yeah. yeah. But they, like, they also include the bloopers in Fatal Deviation. Yeah. yeah. Nice. It's like, cheers, audience. We think you enjoyed this. Here's a little, like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, like, here's what you all liked. Let's, yeah. let's remember I, this And it's film. totally not at all like, hey, we need to make 80 minutes for this thing to get released in theaters. But they do, what the bonus thing about that is that they yeah. do rep- reprise the um, uh, identity crisis. The identity crisis scenes, yeah. yeah. It's good. Right. So, yeah, so guys, so that was Monster Dog. So, Phil, what are your final thoughts on Monster Dog? Yeah. I enjoyed that. It was fun. It, it was. It just uh, kept making left turns. And you're in, you're out. So I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Kit, what are your th- final thoughts on Monster Dog? Hell yeah, I'm down. That was, uh, was a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks, uh, thanks, Elian, for bringing us this gem. As I said, I just love, like, you don't worry about character development. No. For, for It's just basic. Yeah. The two guys. Here's the setup. Here's the fun. Yeah. Boom. Well, it's clear, like, out of the three women... Sandra was the director, Mary Lou was the makeup artist, and Angela was the actress. Um, guy number one was camera guy. Guy number two was camera assistant. Yep. Yep. And I love how the guys don't even need names, and and you couldn't and tell don't. one from no. the other. Yeah, you kind of knew right away they were all like a tight knit. We only got one and bit like they love each other and they want to make this great video they- and. They well, the only bit of character development we get with the two guys is uh, when they finally turn the tables on the the Rambo looking uh, yeah. local, the guy with the, like the he's got the gun. Uh, he's the extra from like Warriors of the Wasteland. Sure. <laughs> he's got the he's got the circle. Uh, he's got the John Lennon glasses, but they're blacked out. Yeah, the sunglasses, the John Lennon sunglasses. Right. Um, and they finally turn the tables on him, and then they're like, shoot him, and then the the one guy's like, no, that's not who we are. And then he instantly goes killed by dogs. Yeah. Well, no, like because Sandra like smashes a fire poker into his foot. Yeah. And then the dogs get him. Yeah. So that's good that the characters maintain true themselves. They're there to kill monster dogs, not people. Not people. Even if they're horrible people. Um, so oh, yeah, I also want to get back to that point. You thought you were distracted by Alice Cooper being dubbed. Uh, yeah. I wasn't because his dialogue was thankfully pretty minimal. So. Uh, it wasn't that much of a distraction. It was quite quite a lot of minimal dialogue. Yeah, I, I, I like the minimal dialogue. I, I I said to you guys, it's going to be very atmospheric. It mm-hmm. was indeed. It was like there really wasn't much dialogue. It kind of just kind of kind of guided you through it type the- of thing to kind of get you through it. And the rest was just for your eyes to see. Just atmosphere, like as you yeah. were saying, because they were shooting a music video. They got the the fog machine, the fog going. machine going. So then the entire house is filled with fog and blue light. For the entire, even in the middle of the day, they blacked <laughs> out the windows. Awesome. I know it's like it's the best of both worlds. Yeah, I'm sure like they got one fog machine on loan yeah. from Tony Scott after the hunger, and then another from Bonnie Tyler from the Total Eclipse of the Heart yeah. video. Well, I'm pretty sure like at the end when they're in the woods and it's night and, the, and it's all foggy, I'm pretty sure that's just they realized, oh crap, we left the fog machine going. And now it's someone left the door open. It's just pumping out into the woods. <laughs> Um, it's going to make for great scenes, right? Exactly. And Lillian, what are your final thoughts on Monster Dog? Um, when, when, how long ago did you see this before? It's been a good, like, when couple was the, of handfuls. When, when did years. you come across this film and how did it happen? 
I don't really remember, but um, I kind of just caught Alice wind. Cooper? I kind of just caught wind of Alice Cooper being in a movie, and I was like, "Yeah, let me check it out." And it turned out to be—I I enjoyed it. Yeah, Actually, I, the first time around, I was like, "Yeah, this is pretty cool." Like, I liked how um, the characters were kind of thrown into this like kind of thing that they didn't really foresee. Except for one of the people, Alice Cooper, kind of having like a little uh, thing in the back of his head about it. He kind of knew that his father was responsible for all these things, but he kind of, kind of couldn't, didn't really come to terms with it. And it didn't really stretch too much on it. I liked the flow of the movie. Like it was just kind of like, this is what happened. You weren't here for it, but you're back now. And... Here's what's happened since. Well, I type like of thing. Alice Cooper's character arc, and that when the movie starts, or when you get past the music video, and, and you find out he's a rock musician, whatever. But he's like this straight-laced dude wearing yeah. nice, nice pastel blue sweaters and stuff. Yeah. Like he's totally not Alice Cooper. Yeah. But then he becomes, by the end of the movie, this kind of yeah gothic rock yeah guy. It's it's pretty sweet. Um. From from what I heard about him making this movie, it was like from the start, it was going to be something that's going to go straight to video. It's not going to be theatrical. And he was excited about being something and kind of like something cheap and fast and low budget. He was all right with that. And he's like a huge horror movie fan. Uh, actually, just kind of movie, period. Like he's huge. Like he's... He's an avid movie watcher, and he he liked the idea of being in something like this. And it turned out... Um, I don't know. It seems like it turned out exactly like how we wanted. It turned yeah. out. Like he said, yeah. this is going to be something you're not going to be very well known for. No, it's I just... It's going to go straight to video. And he was like, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Let's do it. And he had a lot of fun. And he kind of cut into most of the budget of it because he's like a big name. Yeah, they had to pay him some money. And I think, I, I gotta say, I think everybody who was in this really brought it. Like they were kind of just, they just like forever, for whatever it was, they brought it. And whatever this film was set out to do, I think it did. Mm-hmm. I kind of think this film probably was all shot at one location. Like I think the music video was shot in that house as well. And all the stuff of them on the road was shot, like, on the road leading to the house. Um, yeah. I liked it. It was great. It was, it was a fun film. It was, it's definitely Claudio Fergazzo's best film. I've seen a bunch of his films, like I said before. This is far more entertaining than anything he's done. Um, and I think the one thing I, I did, I just, I missed hearing Alice Cooper's voice. Because it's like, yeah, because you know he probably put a little bit more into it than the guy did when he was talking about his father and, like, and we found my father, and he had blood on his hands and his mouth, and a dead cat was next to him. I gotta just throw in one more thing. I love Alice Cooper's professionalism. Like, he just, like, like no matter what, he fucking brings it. Like, if he sets out to do something, he delivers. And, 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 and you can see that in this film and any other thing that he's done. Like, he just kind of shows up. And and brings us all and and he says this film was a fun experience. And no Even chickens though, were killed in the uh, the no chickens were killed. No. As far as we know, none of that crap. Um, <laughs> he 
He said it was a fun thing to do, and he knew it was going to be like something really low budget and sleazy, which he was totally down for. And uh, he knew that it it would be direct-to-video type of thing, and that's kind of what he was going for. He was like, yeah, that's awesome. And, and I don't know how well it did or, like, what kind of, I mean... Pr- we're watching I mean, it. It's probably just us like, that know honestly, about this. Honestly, if, if we're watching it still, <laughs> then it I'm did pretty honest, well. Like out of everybody that I know, it's probably just you guys that know this movie. But um, I think I, I think it was a fun one. And like uh, the other movies that I've seen him in, like uh, I don't know, Alice Cooper just fucking brings it. Like he just, no matter what's going on in his life, he's kind of like, yeah, I committed to this. I'm gonna fucking commit to this and. And no matter how fucking smashed he is, <laughs> or like whatever, he fucking brings it, and and the audience just comes out going like, yeah, fucking like egg. awesome. And and he's part of that school where it's like no matter what's going on in your life, you fucking deliver, and you make the audience cheer, and that's fucking that, and that's that's your freaking heart on, you know. And I don't know. That's just what he does, and I love him. Peace. Graham, what did you think of this fucking film? <laughs> I, said, I already said I liked it quite a bit. <laughs> I just wanted to. I just wait, wait, wait. There's really not much. There's really not much bad to say about this movie. No. Because it kind of sets everything up from the beginning, and you just you do, you find yourself not feeling very disappointed because of the special effects and like the atmosphere and the script, guys. Come on, the script isn't bad either. Script is yeah. bueno. I, I I just want to point out this is the most Lillian spoken on any podcast, and I'm so excited that she is so excited for a movie. This is great. It's also the most Lillian's ever sworn on this podcast. Yeah. I think. <laughs> I'm quite a potty mouth. Yeah, she's no. So, oh my god, I gotta like put a little zipper on my mouth every time I walk in. Yeah, it's fine. I'll leave it out. Um. Yeah, so that was Monster Dog. I mean, I think it's kind of like it set out to be exact. It's interesting that Alice Cooper is in it because Claudio Forgazzo was not a known North American quantity. Like, at this point, he had, like, co-written some stuff with Bruno Matai. This is before he did the, the work with Lucio Fulci. He was not well-known at all. And I'm just, it's it's amazing that... Apparently, they, he really wanted Alice for this, and I'm just kind of wondering why. Like, it could have been really, it could have really been anybody. He probably thought I'm doing yeah. a gothic piece, and what's better to have like the the ba- the biggest gothic rocker in the world? And sometimes you know you shoot for the moon. Like it's always weird seeing Italian films from this era, you know, sci-fi and stuff. Where like all of a sudden, hey, that's Christopher Plummer. What? Why is he in Star Crash? Or and Italians could get those people because they pay them a big bunch of money. You get a free trip to Europe. And the the thought was not in Alice Cooper's case, but in the case of Christopher Plummer and a bunch of other actors is like. Nobody's ever going to see this in North America. Well, that's what the, that, that was the plan, and Alice was totally on board with that. He's like, I made a lot of money out of this. I just came out of rehab, and, you know, they, uh, they just threw a lot of money at me. It was a lot of fun. I was dubbed over. It was like a, a spring thing. And I wanted, yeah, I wrote a couple songs for it, which I, which I debut, like, I put on my album, like, fucking 20 years later. And uh, it was a great experience, and it was fun, and whatever. Yeah. And I don't know. 
They could have gotten Ozzy, but they got Alice. Well, I've seen Ozzy act in movies. He was in. He's in so many bad horror movies. In the uh, guys, I gotta say, Alice Cooper. Okay. You see a lot of like artists who are in the music field and in the art acting field, and not a lot of them make it. And I want to case in point Madonna. I'm sorry, but that girl cannot act. Oh, yeah. I'll give her Agreed. desperately seeking Susan, and I'll give her a league of their own. Everything I'll else. give her, I'll give her desperately seeking Susan. I'll give her a league of their own. But she was pretty much playing herself. True, and and, which, and she also wasn't starring in it. Yeah, she was just kind of like a side thing where she could get away with being herself, which is a f- pretty fucking cool thing. I love oh, Madonna. Oh, for sure, yeah. I fucking, like, if I meet her, I'm going to be like, yo, hail. But she wasn't really going outside of the box or anything Not like that, all. ever. And she was in a movie, uh, Italian director, where they're like thrown off their cast off in the ocean. Oh, that was, that was the remake of Swept Away. It was directed by Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie. Yes. At the time, yeah. Yes, her husband at the time and she fucking shat on it because <laughs> And sunk Guy Ritchie's career. Yeah, she shat on it. Yeah, she literally like, took a dump did. on it. Um, she's not a good actress because she's too aware. Like, she's too <coughs> on. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, I forgot to mention I watched. She's like, oh, they expect me to be all f***ing badass. Here's, here's me being all badass. And it just doesn't come across. It's just too fake. I never saw Dick Tracy. Was she any good in that? No. Okay. She was sultry and shit. Like, you could, like Madonna will deliver the sultry, but, like, there's a level mm. that's just... Didn't she get an Oscar nom for Evita, or am I crazy? I think she Part got a song. song, yeah. Okay. Not. But, 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 but what did I say about Alice? Like, I've seen him in a few films already. Wayne's World, Wayne's World he was playing himself. <laughs> Rhodey, he was playing himself, which was fine. Prince and of Darkness. Prince of Darkness, he wasn't playing himself. No, but... Freddy's dead. Freddy's dead. Freddy's the final dead, I haven't seen. He, he was... Okay, he was good in that. He was okay? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was this like a cameo-type role, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he just, like, he's a professional, no. right? Like, he just kind of, like, he knows what he needs to deliver, and he delivers, and, I mean, it doesn't have to be what you expect, but he delivers nonetheless, let's put it that way. Like, you don't, you don't leave being disappointed, and I've, and I've left being disappointed by Madonna, like, Body of Evidence with Willem Dafoe. Oh, I forgot about I that one. I still remember that movie, and I'm just like, holy f- Fucking shit, Madonna. Holy fucking shit. What was that? Body of Evidence. Oh, okay. It's a good, like, <laughs> it's a thriller. It's legit. I, good. I remember it. No, She's pouring like candle wax on Willem Dafoe. It's like a basic uh, instinct, but with <laughs> but with Madonna and Willem Dafoe. And candle can, wax. If you can fucking put your, wrap your brain around that. I, I can just barely, though. Okay, there you go. It's basic instinct with Madonna and Willem Dafoe. Willem and Dafoe's Madonna in the Michael is Douglas just, role. And Madonna is just Madonna. Like, Do you also she get will to see Willem change. Dafoe's ass? You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't see it. <laughs> and hey, I don't knock it. I, I adore Madonna. Like, everything she's done and, like, the, 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 the fucking shit she's, she's broke through and the message she got across. Like, hail, hail, hail. But the girl is just not... The best of actresses. Some, and, and, some rockers and, can act, some can't. And it, and, it remi- and it brings to fact the fact that Alice Cooper, like, he hasn't been in a lot of movies, but whatever he's been in, he's kind of known his 
capacity and his like his his possibilities and his abilities and he's kind you of would, delivered a a really good depiction would, I think in whatever he's done and he's like a true professional no matter like 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 even now like in the in this movie Matt Monster Dog it was like after he re- was released from from rehab rehab yeah. And in the years preceding, he released three, guys, three albums. Three f***ing albums that are pretty f***ing amazing, I gotta say. (laughs) And he has absolutely no recollection of recording them, thinking of them, and all this stuff. And I'm just like... (laughs) I in the Future is a pretty memorable song. I in the Future, yeah. From uh, Class of And that's just like one of them. One out of like, I don't know. 60? Yeah. It's funny, you think that more um, uh, rock stars and things would be better at acting because they're so used to playing a character and a persona. You can understand why why sports guys are all terrible yeah. at acting because that's not their, their wheelhouse at all. Yes, but at least when balls. you're a performer, you are performing. So it's strange that... But, well, I think it's, it's a different type of performance, though. Yeah, okay. Because I'd actually compare... I mean, being a musician is also like being an athlete because you are... Like Henry Rollins does okay. He's, been, he's pretty good, yeah. yeah. He's and yeah, uh, it's it's. Ludacris is okay. <laughs> yeah, surprising. He's been in. Yeah. So it's always Ice amazing Cube. when he pops up. Ice Cube is not bad. Yeah. yeah. Although you haven't seen it. Ice Cube. Method Man tried to start an acting career. Didn't go that great. But I think it's worked out for Alice. Chris sure. Christopherson actually worked quite, out for him too. Yes, I think he. And you know what? It comes from. I'm not saying Madonna. Isn't an she's, avid she's film She's one of the examples where it's like, yeah, not all but pop stars Alice are good actresses. Is, has always been, um, he's kind of always been on board with all those kind of films that he's kind of featured himself in. And it's just kind of worked out because he's he's a huge, he's a huge, him and his, him and his band members have always, I mean, they were huge athletes. They were like on the track team and all that shit. They they started out. I don't know if you guys know any history about Alice Cooper. But, Not enough. But they started out as like worshiping Beatles, and and yeah, they just a lot did of covers. Get their start there, yeah. They could did covers, and that's how they got their fame because they were like, these guys got it, and we love these guys, and like we want to be these guys, and like they just kind of. They just put it on the foreground, and people were like, yeah, these guys are like the Beatles. Yeah, they're pretty f-ing cool. And it just kind of evolved, and they they stayed true to their inspirations and their motivators, and that's kind of like what drove them. And yeah, sure, there was evolution, and they kind of saw, like, they saw beauty in the films that they were watching, and like, they're huge horror fans, and they were on the track team. They were athletes, and I did not know they that. were just all-around guys, and drew from what they loved and that's what happened this is what came of what they loved and it was they, they kind of brought it to the foreground and they said why the f- not and they had fun with it and that's where that's kind of how it all kind of came together and i don't know i love that and yeah i'm sad about madonna not being like the greatest actress well i mean what are you gonna do not but at least she made her fucking statement in other in other ways, and I fucking love that woman. Even though she sucks as an actress, 
You're really fucking Sorry, nervous. Madonna. Stop acting, honestly. We, I'm sorry, Madonna. If you're, Madonna, if you're listening. And I'm sure you are. I love you. I'm sure you're listening, even Madge. though I'm so not sure that you're listening. But you are amazing. And She's I love you. She's probably turned it off now. Like. And keep on acting if you want to keep on acting. No, don't. Don't. No. Go. Go ahead. <laughs> Strive. Reach your goal. Reach your fucking momentum. Reach your fucking I feel like she's goal. reached it. But um, you're, just, you're, just, you're just awesome at what you strive to do. And acting is not one of those things. But Alice Cooper. Alice Continue Cooper, acting. Alice Cooper, I love you. I will always love you. You are amazing. And you're just, you just make me smile. Okay? You just make me smile, Alice. And keep on doing what you're doing. And you're a great actor. You're a great musician. You're a great entertainer. You're a great person. And cheers. All right. I think it's a good place to wrap it up. Yeah. Funny, yeah. I just want to say, Alice Cooper makes you smile, Lillian. You make me smile. Aww. 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs> you make me smile. Aww. We're all smiling here. Yeah. It's all we, smiles. Yeah, we are. We are. We're all Yeah, there will smiles. be yeah. smiles as per the theme song. Yeah, there, there will yeah, be there smiles. smiles. <laughs> we got like monster dog smiles. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyways, I yeah, I can't add anything to that. Um, what, uh, what are we watching next week? So next week we're going to be watching a movie from the early 80s, which is a time period I love, obviously. That's the other thing I want to point out about Deadly Eyes. It just made me want to live in the early 80s because I'm like, man, people had phone books. Early um, 80s Toronto. Yeah, well, though, we're not watching an early 80s Toronto movie. We're watching an early 80s LA movie. Oh, it's snap. called... They Call Me Bruce? Oh. It is a uh, kind of a Bruce exploitation film, but not really. It is uh, the... It Bruce? Is, Bruce exploitation? As in Bruce Lee. Oh, okay. I was just... Guy's name Bruce? So it's about an Asian man who kind of looks like Bruce Lee that everyone just assumes knows martial arts, and he kind of uses that to his advantage. I'll leave it at that. Sounds like fun. Yeah. Bruce Lee with like one E. <laughs> they call me Bruce. Bruce Lee. Yeah. Yeah. That's Bruce Lee. Um, it's not Bruce Lee in the movie though. Bruce Lee was in uh, Pieces. Um, so for Death by Video. I've been Phil. I have been Kit. I've been Lil. And I'm still Graham saying, please be sure to rewind. Happy movies, everybody. Good night. Yeah. We love you with your identity crisis season all. No more is the nice guy.